0: this is the on the banks podcast follow us on twitter at otb
1: underscore sb nation
0: now here's your host lance glenn
1: hello everyone i am of course your host lance glenn and this is episode 53 of the on the banks podcast our third emergency podcast episode you can follow me on twitter at lance underscore g11 and of course you can follow on the banks on twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. There are many ways to listen to this episode and every episode of the On The Banks podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcast and Stitcher. Just search On The Banks Podcast. You can find us on any of your favorite podcast platform. And of course, you can find all of our podcasts and so much more great content by going to onthebanks.com. As I said, this is our third emergency podcast episode, and what's funny, not only is it our third emergency podcast episode, but it's the third time we have recorded a Greg Schiano episode. The first two were reacting to what we thought was an inevitable hire. Unfortunately, that hire that we thought was inevitable is no longer the case. What we thought was the right choice clearly wasn't right in the eyes of Rutgers Athletics Administration. Greg Shiano Part 2 is no longer happening. He has withdrawn from the coaching search, and Rutgers football is still looking for a new leader. Joining me to discuss the backlash over the last few days and where Rutgers goes from here is the managing editor of On the Banks, Aaron Brightman. Aaron, look, I'm disappointed in the outcome. I think you might be too. The last few days as Rutgers football fans have certainly not been what we hoped for. How you doing? How are you getting through this past weekend? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Lance is like deja vu all over again, all over again. And uh, this is the bizarro version. We, we had two positive versions, and now we have this. So uh, that's the reality. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I, I can't say I'm surprised. Obviously very disappointed like you are and like many Rutgers fans are. I think that um, obviously there were, there were there were a lot of advantages to hiring Shiano. I think that he brought uh, things to the table that no other candidate will be able to bring. Um, I think that you know he would have obviously been able to uh, re-energize and, and unite the fan base. I think that from a recruiting perspective, he would have really hit the ground running. I think from things that have been reported, it's obvious that he was prepared. He came to this, uh, you know, uh, process. Um, showing that he, he had done his research, that he had a strategic plan for how he was going to attack this from a recruiting perspective. So it's, it's immensely disappointing. I think that, um, you know, I've said that, you know, there is no perfect candidate for this job that Chiano obviously is not perfect himself, but I think from, listen, when your program that's gone 13 and 46 over the last four seasons, you've lost 20 straight Big Ten games, 22 straight to power five opponents. Um, you know, when you have an opportunity like Shiano, I mean, just leave it to Rutgers to devalue a candidate like Shiano who has, has proven he could do it at Rutgers. And if you look back, I mean, the only winning program, uh, excuse me, winning season that Rutgers has had in the Big Ten in 2014, what did they have on that roster? The majority of the players that contributed to that team were recruited by Greg Shiano. So if there's ever a better Kind of standout selling point on any candidate's resume. It's I produced more or less the mo- uh, the most successful Big Ten Rutgers team ever. Uh, it just blows my mind that uh, that didn't have value in the eyes of the decision makers.
1: And let's talk about our initial reaction when we first heard the news. Obviously, we all uh, heard it on Twitter. I believe it was Pete Damel, um who came out first and said that Greg Schiano was no longer a candidate. That they were that they were unable to reach. Uh, a deal he and and the Rutgers athletics administration mainly Pat Hobbs, um, and look I was upset I was disappointed and I got to thinking you know why didn't this happen and a few thought a uh, few thoughts came to my mind one of which was hey it was obvious for a long time that Pat Hobbs was skeptical of hiring Greg Schiano there was a lot of outside reports that it wasn't him who wanted to hire Greg Schiano it was all the boosters and the boosters were just pushing him so perhaps Pat Hobbs you know was potentially sabotaging this whole thing. I don't know. These were just thoughts that popped up, popped up into my head. And then the second thought that popped up into my head was, you know, maybe they really just couldn't work out a deal. Maybe Greg Schiano wanted too much and Rutgers wasn't willing to pay up and they weren't willing to put that investment that Greg Schiano wanted into the football program to make it a legitimate Big Ten competitive football team. But regardless of the fact of why uh, Greg Schiano isn't coming back to Rutgers and beginning a part two as the head coach the fact is you know I was disappointed I was upset as what seems like 90 percent of Rutgers fans are because we thought that when Greg Sciano came in we knew the first couple of years were going to be tough but there was hope and there was light at the end of the tunnel and unfortunately with the other coaching candidates while you know some have head coaching experience some don't some have had some success elsewhere some haven't there wasn't that same light at the end of the tunnel that Greg Shiano would have brought. And when we sat here for the last month, you and I recording Greg Shiano reaction episodes thinking that it's inevitable, when it finally doesn't happen, the really the only thing you could say is same old Rutgers because what seemed like a no-brainer, as I said before, it left Rutgers looking like they didn't have a brain. And it's just another unfortunate stain and another unfortunate incident on a university that every year just seems to have too many of these moments where they just don't look good towards the national perception, towards local perception, and, and it gives, you know, people outside of Rutgers the opportunity to once again bash on the university that we, you know, we all went to and that we all love.
0: Absolutely. Completely agree. I think, you know, it was uh, pretty obvious, I think, to a lot of us that, that Chiano made the most sense, you know, and it wasn't even really close in vers- uh, versus the other options that are out there. And if you see the reactions online, it's not just... You know, diehard fans that are upset, but you see, you know, uh, reporters that even used to cover Rutgers and 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 alumni. You know, Tara Sullivan who was saying basically this is a tragedy. You know, uh, you have uh, Hall of Famer Jerry Heisenberg who you know is is retired, and 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 he came out and wrote a column, I believe, on Friday. I mean, you have longtime columnists that that covered Shiano that have immense respect for him and the job he did at Rutgers the first time around. I think that. Um, you know that to me is extremely telling in in what he would have brought he would have brought instant credibility he would have um you know as you were saying you know we know the first two years is going to be rough i think he would have he would have brought patience you know he would have garnered patience from the fan base i think that there, there's a certain level of faith that that fans would have had with him that that no other candidate is gonna is gonna Benefit from, and I think that yeah, same old Rutgers in the sense of you know my biggest fear now is that you know I get it you know p- people look at what was reported about what Shiana was asking and you know yes in in a if you're going to compare it to to you know uh, a normal uh, working class whatever yeah it, the money is is bonkers but if you look at the the context of the money they were talking about in the situation that Rutgers is in they're in the Big Ten. You know when they when the administration joined the Big Ten, they ran to that invite, but it doesn't. Still to this day, and and I place you know the majority of the blame on, on President Barchi, is, is that this university still doesn't fully understand what it means to be a Big Ten institution. They've done an amazing job from a research and an academic standpoint, from an athletic standpoint, they are still way behind. And I think that you know, it, it's, it, I can't believe how falsely reported it's been in terms of his salary. Even some of the national guys, you know, were saying that the four million dollars per year, you know, I get it, eight, eight years guaranteed is a lot it's not normal but look at it this way Matt rule when he went to Baylor right a program that was under obviously a lot of scrutiny had some scandal there you know he was guaranteed seven years so you know my my thing with Rutgers is that they were they were bargaining as if they had all this leverage you know where where, I'm sorry but you're you're the worst power five program in the country you don't have any leverage so uh, granted, you don't wanna give Shiano, you know, the keys and say, Go do whatever you want, but at the same time they really I, I think they've mishandled what they what they were trying to do in terms of you know on their terms and four million dollars a year per salary you know listen lovey smith is at four million right now for illinois he's going to get a big raise he's taking them to a bowl game you know you have uh pj fleck going into the season excuse me was at 3.6 he just got a huge raise so four million a year is going to would put shiano at 12th out of 14 coaches in the big 10 and by all reports, he, he, that wasn't the sticking point and, and really what fell apart in negotiations. So for me, if you're failing negotiations to hire somebody when he was going to be 12th out of 14 head coaches in the Big Ten, that's, that's a red flag. And that makes me concerned that whoever they do end up hiring, they're going to go in on the cheap.
1: And I think that has kind of brought up... All of this backlash that has ultimately now uh, been shoved on, like you said, President Barchi, um, Pat Hobbs, uh, so many in the Rutgers Athletics Administration. Um, because, you know, like you said, $4 million, while yes to a, you know, to me and you is a ton of money, but to, you know, a, a ped football coach at a Power 5 school isn't that much. I think the, uh, I think the, the order would, you know, like you said, Greg Schiano would be 12th. I think right behind him is Mike Loxley or... Who Some of the person yep. who would have been behind him yes. was Mike's Loxley. He would have been 13th. And then um, Tom Allen. Tom Allen, is that his name?
0: He's, he's doing a big raise too. He's having a big year, but he's as low as 1.8. You know, so he's going to get a big boost. He probably won't go above three, but, you know, Loxley, and, 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 you know, listen, it's early at Maryland, but, I mean, they went out on the cheap, right? They they brought Mike Loxley in, who did not have prior success as a head coach, and they're three and eight right now, and he inherited a heck of a lot better roster than any coach that comes to Rutgers will inherit.
1: Um, certainly, and, and like I was saying, I think that's kind of where all of the, the backlash comes because, once again this looks like rutgers is just cheaping out and they're unwilling to put that investment into football and look you know i give the athletic administration credit for the buildings that they have been able to fundraise for over the last couple of years and and the Increase in success for the Olympic sports programs, and basketball is a lot more respectable, obviously, and women's soccer is very good, and field hockey, and so on and so forth, but the fact is, no sport matters to the national public like football, and and no sport changes the perception of a university like football. You know, I said to uh, friends of mine and my parents, When we were talking about, you know, exactly what this means for Rutgers going forward, it's great that women's soccer and that field hockey and that gymnastics and that softball and all these sports are on the rise. And we as Rutgers faithful, we as local fans find that to be, you know, awesome. We're so happy and we're so proud of all these student athletes that are achieving so much success. But when you look at Rutgers on a national scale, those national reporters, the fans that are looking over from Pennsylvania, the fans that are looking over from New York and Florida and, you know, on the West Coast, they don't see that. All they look at is football. And time and time again, Rutgers football is being shoved to the back burner ever since really Greg Schiano left the athletic administration, uh, be it Julie Herman um, be it, you know, now Pat Hobbs, they've just pushed football to the side and they've essentially said, you know, we aren't going to make this investment because really we don't believe that the investment is worth it. When now you're in the big 10, the investment has to be worth it because like you said, Rutgers is the worst power five team in the country, hands down, bar none about that and they have to be able to put an investment into football to dig themselves out of the hole and it's just another opportunity where they could have done that and another opportunity wasted where they said no we're not going to make that investment we're going to stay at the status quo and we're going to stay exactly where we are trying to build without the necessary resources to get out of the basement
0: yeah well and the crazy thing is is that Rutgers even did a feasibility study earlier this year and the conclusion that came from that was that football was the best way to generate Uh, revenue for the athletic department so you would think that it would be clear from the administration that hey we need to fix this now and um you know it's it's i'm not going to be as um succinct as i would like to be but it's almost like if you look at a company right and and they produce five or six or seven things with a theory that the other smaller things are the Olympic sports. Right. But if they're terrible at that, what they're great at all the little things, but they're terrible at that one main thing they're known for, they're going to be out of business. So, you know, obviously an institution of higher learning doesn't go out of business, but, uh, there's a huge burden, um, you know, on the state. And I think that, yes, I get it. The taxpayers, they, they see the, the figures that were being talked about. They hear about the private jets, that Gianna was you know, talking about. What you don't hear is that he went in with a recruiting plan to recruit nationally, um, based on his experience at Ohio State, and that's gonna require transportation. So um, I think that the term of unlimited use of a private jet definitely got used against him there, um, and I think it wasn't properly explained. I think that people, you know, truly, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but don't understand the ins and outs of all that goes on in high, in high major football right now, power five football and what's required. Um, and I think when you look at the competition and what Rutgers is up against and what they, they weren't willing to do with Greg Schiano, I think that the, the, the tremors that it sends from there and the messages it sends to other potential legitimate candidates is extremely, uh, Worrisome, because I think that, you know, yes, it's fair to say there's a general message out there that, you know, if it's not a clear conclusion, it's certainly a major question mark is whether Rutgers is truly committed to doing what it takes to build a winner in uh, football in the Big Ten.
1: And, you know, what I noticed with uh, the backlash that has come from not hiring Greg Shiano, is that a lot of Rutgers football alum, a lot of very successful Rutgers football alumni, they believe that not hiring Greg Shiano signals that Rutgers is not willing to make that investment into football. And I want to kind of hear your opinion on the backlash overall from guys who have made it in the nfl guys who had great careers here at rutgers under coach chiano you look at players like eric legrant who has come out multiple times said how disappointed he is in the university sean o'hara a super bowl winner uh a rutgers alumni a rutgers captain at one point also coming out saying how disappointed he is you have ryan hart the guy who took rutgers to the first bowl game under greg chiano coming out saying how disappointed he is the list goes on and on and you know we talked about personally, you and I, how important the next hire was to bring back the successful RU football alumni that unfortunately became distant under Chris Ash, because I don't think he really focused on them too much. So it was important for the next coach to bring them in and who better to bring them in and to bring them back than Greg Schiano, considering so many of those guys played under Greg Schiano. But now the athletic administration, specifically Pat Hobbs, While he asked them for their opinion, and Ryan Hart has said he was contacted by Pat Hobbs, he met with Pat Hobbs to get his opinion, it seems like, at least if I put myself in Ryan Hart's shoes, I give my opinion to Pat Hobbs, I say, yes, Greg Sciano is the right guy for the job. If I was Ryan Hart, it would seem like Pat Hobbs just ignored what I had to say. So while it was so important to bring the alumni back and to bring them back towards the program, back invested in the program and proud of the program, it seemed like this non-hire of Greg Schiano just pushed them farther and farther away, which, you know, if you want to build a program, you need a community. And a large part of that community is the Rutgers football alumni. And, and they're very distant right now, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, excellent points. And I think that's completely true. I think the fact that, you know, again, it goes back to the built in advantages that Shiano would have brought with him and on the recruiting trail. And, you know, we talked about it before. But, yeah, I mean, to have guys that, you know, he developed to uh, have long NFL careers or even guys that were so under recruited and, and they even sniffed the NFL. I mean, there, there's not a better endorsement than that. And I think you couple that with the fact that uh Shiano you know there's two, um Scarlet Nation tweeted out recently and, and 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 reported about you know that there was there was uh you know saying that that she, um Hobbs was even questioning whether Shiano was able to recruit uh relate with recruits nowadays it's like uh, uh, the guy won Big Ten Recruiter of the Year in 2018. And and I hear the defense is, oh, you know, well, he did it at Ohio State. Anybody could have done it at Ohio State. Okay, well, Ohio State has a staff of 10. And Shiano, is a, and people probably don't even realize this, but he grabbed three of the top offensive recruits in the country at Ohio State when he won Big Ten Recruiter of the Year and was number two nationally that that recruiting cycle. That was only one recruiting cycle ago. So um, you, you then bring in his ability to sell Rutgers, how he's done it before. He understands the current climate. He understands the Big Ten. And then you add in all the alumni. Uh, and, and, and listen, Rutgers, the biggest thing they have going for them really in, in the football world people that don't really follow the program is that look how does Rutgers have all these NFL players? You know, and obviously it's not nearly as many as we had, you know, five, seven, eight years ago. But there's still a significant amount of of alumni in the NFL, and I think uh, look at the guy like Michael Burton, you know, uh, who was recruited by shiano and and ended up playing for Flood. And was on that 2014 team. You know, he's he's made a, a pretty solid NFL career for himself. So I think it's guys like that that you know aren't even necessarily the you know the the, the five star guys, you know, the Anthony Davis of the world. Um, not that you necessarily. Had the best relationship with Gianno, but just went on to, you know, um, a big NFL career. Uh, I think, you know, obviously the McCordy brothers, uh, logical, that that would have been a huge asset. And not to mention, listen, the donors, you know, the, your alumni, uh, football alumni, could have been some of your best donors. And, and I think one of the knocks on Ash, uh, Chris Ash, was that he didn't connect well with a former alumni. And you had a home run here. Uh, with Shiano being able to bring them all back into the fold and and really help um, from, a, from a, f- a fundraising standpoint. And that only breeds excitement with the big-time boosters and donors. Uh, it just would have really re- uh, united. Uh, it would have brought a united front and I think really energized so many people uh, pushing this program forward. Um, and it's such a missed opportunity.
1: And what are your thoughts on the way – this whole thing has been spun from really both sides because you know you mentioned that one of the key talking points what in what seemed like was coming out of Rutgers after it was announced that Shiano was no longer going to be candidate one of the key talking points was that he couldn't relate with players and that he was not going to go into the job, you know, um, with full effort, with maximum effort that was needed to rebuild this program that he couldn't recruit, that he wasn't going to be able to bring back that same recruiting magic he had when he was first here to now here in part two. And then on the really Shiano side, um, it was spun as look, our demands weren't too much. Uh, We were ready to go. We came in with a full list of players. We wanted to recruit a full breakdown of the roster that Rutgers had and, you know, we we made it known that we were prepared to take on this job and we were going to take on this job full throttle and we were going to bring Rutgers back to where, you know, we had it come the first part. So I want to hear your thoughts on just how it was spun from both sides because it's two different ways. And it seems like the Rutgers perspective is really trying to bring down Greg Sciano and to essentially bash Greg Sciano, which I think they're just handling it so wrong to someone who has, you know, whether he's the head coach or not, someone who has meant so much to the fact that Rutgers is in the Big Ten and just t- so much to to the program and the success of it overall. Yeah, I mean, I uh, you know I wrote about the situation this
0: morning, uh, Monday morning, and uh, I uh, tried to stay level with it, but I think that you know for me the most alarming thing out there was um, from Bethany Murphy's uh, column uh, from uh, the stadium, uh, talking about you know that a source you know said. That you know, it was fair to even question whether Shiana was fully committed or not, and that you know, God forbid, it was another situation like it was with the Patriots. Now, none of us really know what went down uh, with why he exited the New England Patriots uh, the way he did and so suddenly. But obviously, he has a great relationship with Bill Belichick, and and you know, nothing negative ever came out. So I think it's 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 first of all that that's that's unfair. And I think, secondly, the fact that, yeah, that it's coming out about how Shiano was so prepared for this job. You know, there's reports that he was already starting to recruit. He was already starting to to contact potential assistants, you know. And I think, really, what it shows is that the decision-makers really have no clue who Greg Shiano is. Because if if you followed the program back then, if you were intimately involved, uh, either as a a fan or just the the media that covered him, uh, they revered him for a reason. Because the guy... Grinded it out, um, and what he inherited, and what he built, uh, he doesn't do things, uh, you know, without being all in. And I think that to question that is 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 really just uh, it's unprofessional. And I think that that really uh, irked me uh, today. I mean, I think obviously I'm sure that the Rutgers side was not happy with leaks that were happening during the process, um, and it does seem like that was coming from the Shiano side. But uh, listen. You know, at the end of the day, uh, it's a negotiation, and I think that, that that the the old saying is time kills deals, and this thing was just starting to drag on and drag on. And well, you know, we may never know the full intimate details of what happened, but yeah, I mean, I think you know we've said it before: when there's smoke, there's fire, and I think. Um, the the fact that we know the big donors really were pushing for Shiano I mean let's look back at the start of this right the way Hobbs was talking about how he wanted the process to go it's clear that something changed in the middle of this Um, and and you know he brought in the search uh, firm Ventura Partners um, you know and 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 things kind of went to a screeching halt and it seemed like Greg Brown and uh, and others really were pushing Shiano And that was the focus for the next three weeks. And then, boom, we're back to to square one. So I think that, yeah, that's a huge problem. And I think that uh, all the advantages that were built into bringing Shiano back are now uh, off the table, of course. Um, And, you know, I think that the bigger question is where do they go from here? How do they recover? Um, But now we're – listen, we're heading into the last week of the season – and Rutgers is at square one, and it's just, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, and I think that, you know, you saw today uh, four or uh, multiple players announced that they're transferring, um, and I think that, you know, you're going to see more of that, and I think the fallout of this is just beginning. I think we're one day into it, and I think the repercussions, you know, I, I, I fear, I hope that this isn't the case, but truly this, you know, I fear that this could, could negatively impact the program for years to come.
1: And let's talk about where we go from here. And I want to start with uh, where we go from here in the case of Pat Hobbs, because Pat Hobbs at one point not too long ago was the the darling of the athletic department. As I said before, he's done a great job, and I'm not going to take this away from him, of, fundraising for all these buildings that you know Rutgers Olympic sports uh you know you look at the athletic performance center it is beautiful and it's something that Rutgers basketball and all those winter olympic sports desperately needed to get to a level where they could compete in the Big 10 and now you know we're a, two days removed from uh the announcement that Greg Shiano is no longer a head coaching candidate and it seems like that whole narrative has changed. We see petitions rising up with over 1,500 signatures to fire Pat Hobbs. You know, there's reports that Pat Hobbs, like I said, he didn't want to hire Greg Shiano in the first place anyway, that, you know, maybe he even sabotaged his own hiring process to make it look like, you know, there was no way Shiano was going to agree to any type of contract. So Pat Hobbs went from, you know, as I said before, a darling to someone who, you know, is. You can make an argument, you know, on the hot seat.
0: Well, I think that uh, all fair points, but I think that the the bigger picture above that is that we uh, have a lame duck president. You know, uh, Barchi is retiring in May, and I think it's clear that he has Hobbs back. Uh, I think that that's come out a little bit already, and I think it'll come out even more, but um, I think it's clear that, you know, if, if there was an internal power struggle, which I believe there was, because I think that Greg Brown was all in on Sciano, I think that Hobbes ultimately won out he is the athletic director and I think that Barchi backed him um, and I think that you know Hobbs was able to sell enough uh, members of the Board of Governors uh, on his side as well I think until Barchi is gone I honestly I, I don't think that that Hobbes' job is in jeopardy I think the only thing that could affect that is the softball investigation that's going on um, and we don't necessarily have any reason to believe that anything negative will come out there but I think that if it does then yes I I think his job would be uh, absolutely uh, in jeopardy. But I think as long as Barchi is president, um, I, I think he's shown that that he, you know, uh, Hobbs' is Hobbs' job's safe. Now, you know, is that necessarily a positive? Um, you know, Barchi, I, I think, is a, a bit of a. I think overall, he's done a great job as president. But I think when it comes to athletics, um, you know, his record is pretty clear, uh, and that's a poor one. And I think that he. Uh, has shown a, a lack of care when it comes to athletic issues. And I think that he doesn't want to deal with it. And I think that he wants Hobbs to just deal with it. And I think that um, until a new president comes in, uh, we're, we're really not going to know the, the true long-term future of, of Hobbs. I think, like you said, he's done some really positive things. Um, but I think it's it's hard to understand his, um, his thinking here and not wanting to do whatever he could to make this work with Ciano. Um, I think you said it before, but he immediately makes his job so much harder uh, from a fundraising standpoint, from season tickets. You know, how many people uh, were all, uh, on social media today saying they, they were calling and canceling? You know, I was getting texts, I was getting emails from people that, you know, they called the ticket office this morning and the ticket office was even telling them, oh, well, you know, 50 people have already called so far. and You know, I mean, this is going to get much uglier before it gets better. Um, and I just don't know who's out there as a candidate that is going to, reverse this trend uh at least in the short term and i think that from a you know overall it's 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 very hard to look at this uh the whole picture and not under you know and and be able to understand from house perspective uh why they didn't do everything possible to make this work and I understand, you know, the, the reports that Shiana was asking for total control and all this thing, you know, and, and listen at the end of the day, he, he couldn't have total total control, but there there had to be a compromise on both ends and 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 maybe there was, and maybe it just wasn't enough of one on either side but, um, you know, I, I I hope that Hobbs evaluated how hard this is going to make other parts of his job now, and I think from a fan base perspective, he's lost the fan base for good, I think, unfortunately um, unless he can pull, you know, some uh, catch lightning in a bottle uh, with some higher uh, moving forward, I, I don't know um, how, he, you know, he's going to be able to recover from this from a fan base perspective.
1: And I want to hear, before we talk about, you know, where Rutgers goes in terms of coaching from here, I want to hear your quick opinion. You know, I was reading, I believe it was either uh, late night on Sunday or early Monday, uh, Rutgers uh, Athletic Communication released a, you know, they put out a press release, um, a message uh, from Pat Hobbs and the administration. And of course, the first paragraph says, you know, we are continuing with Ventura Partners as our, you know, as our search committee, yada, yada. Um, but then the first sentence of the second paragraph says the director of athletics is responsible for selecting the head football coach. And when I read that immediately, I thought this is a direct jab from Hobbs at the boosters that were pushing him to hire Shiano. It's him not saying, you know, directly, but him saying through a press release, "I am the athletic director. I am the one making the decision. I am the one that will be hiring this head football coach." Not you. I just want to hear your thoughts uh, on on the press release as a whole and if you're surprised that Pat Hobbs hasn't come out directly and spoken to the media or even had a press conference for that matter.
0: Yeah, I thought that um, – I, I, first of all, I think your interpretation is 100 percent right, and I will fully admit that I actually interpreted it differently uh, and I think wrongly is because – and I guess it was kind of my uh, – um, I would say maybe hopefulness is that that was actually a shot he was taking at the Board of Governors that he was trying to step back and say, listen, I wanted Chiano – But the Board of Governors wouldn't back me. Um, But I think you're right. I think it was actually what what, um, you were saying is that it was really a shot at the boosters that, hey, I'm in charge. Um, I thought the statement overall, to be honest, was a little bizarre. I think that, um, you know, especially because it's like if you're not going to address the specific candidate that, you know, you're obviously addressing, um, it just makes it more awkward to not actually address that situation it's like you're kind of talking around it and it really seemed like a a statement that you make in the beginning of a search not you know two months in when you know you very publicly uh you know fell apart with your top candidate so i think that that's odd and i I do think that that part of the frustration from ruckers fans it's not just that they lost chiano it's how they lost it and how they lost him and how the whole process has been handled. I think that the search as a whole has just run askew. I think that there's, there's no unity there. And I think, listen, you know, yes, you are the F5 director and yes, you, it is your job to hire the coach, but it's also your job to create a unified front and get a buy in from everybody. And I think that, you know, it does seem in certain cases that, or excuse me, in, in certain pieces of information that are coming out, that, that there wasn't that clear buy in. Um, and he obviously wasn't unified with the boosters, um, but it does seem like he was, you know, able to unify the Board of Governors and, and, and Barchi. So, yeah, I think it was a little bit of a power play in that statement, but I, I don't think it was. Uh, a, a um encouraging sign from a fan perspective in terms of how the search is going
1: so before we end the podcast let's obviously talk about where Rutgers goes from here because chris ash was fired in october and we are now um coming towards the end of november thanksgiving is obviously a couple days away uh happy thanksgiving by the way but thanksgiving <laughs> thanksgiving is only a couple days away uh the season like you said there's only a week left that final game this saturday against penn state um so where does Rutgers go from here coaching wise and You know, you and I have talked about this back and forth um, outside the podcast, but, you know, I think there's only one logical direction that Pat Hobbs can now go in. I think you have to, even though he doesn't have had coaching experience, and even though he might just be Chris Ash but coming over from Michigan instead of Ohio State, I think you have to hire Anthony Campanelli to be the next head coach. He will then make Nunzio Campanelli the offensive coordinator. Hopefully he then brings a guy like Fran Brown as the defensive coordinator. You create a Jersey-centric staff, something that Chris Ash never did, and you go from there because, look, Joe Moore had doesn't interest me at all a guy like Lance Leipold doesn't interest me Butch Jones has already removed his name I doubt he's his name is going to come back in Al Golden you know he's has he's been out of coaching it seems like longer than Greg Sciano has he doesn't really interest me either so I think the only logical scenario for Pat Hobbs now and we've heard that they want this uh this coaching search to end soon they want to hire a coach quickly it seems like all signs are pointing towards Campanelli or Campanile excuse me I think you have to hire Anthony Campanile, and I think you have to make him the head coach and allow him to bring those New Jersey ties with him and try to rebuild this thing through New Jersey and then spread it outwards and try to rebrand and rebuild Rutgers football.
0: I think that it's uh, it's it's definitely a possibility. I think that um, there's there's certainly some benefits to it. I think that a Jersey-centric staff is extremely important. I think that the Campanile brothers, uh, you know, I, I I think having them as part of the, the new staff is really important. Um, could uh, Anthony be a successful head coach here? Of course he could. Could Nunzio, he could. Um, you know, i actually think that 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 what would, if that scenario plays out, that Hobbs would actually hire Nunzio and bring Anthony as the defensive coordinator, um, just because he, you know, listen, I, I, I think it's fair to say that, you know, how much of Hobbs' ego is at play here? Um, you know, and I was joking with people in the very beginning that, you know, it would almost, if that is the case, I mean, you know, is he looking to play the genius card? You know, if, if, if he stuck with Nunzio and two, three years from now, he ends up turning things around, you know. He, he would look very good. Um, and I think obviously that, you know, either whoever he hires of the two, um, if that were to be the case, I think obviously financially, you know, they would be able to save a lot of money compared to what uh, Shiano uh, was going to cost them. So I think that there's a twofold kind of buy-in there of why they might push that angle. My, my, my biggest reservation there is that, you know, uh, it's a big risk. It's a big risk to, to, to give either of those guys the reins with based on how far Rutgers is behind uh, everyone else uh, in the Big Ten. And I think that um, if you were to go that route, I think that you would. I, listen, I love Fran Brown as a defensive coordinator candidate. I would love to, to have him on the staff too. Could the three of them be successful? You know, recruiting-wise, I think it certainly gives Rutgers probably the best uh you know combination of, of top three assist uh you know coaches on the staff that they could have um you know from a local standpoint but I I I worry that you you need some type of serious head coaching experience on that staff. Maybe you hire an offensive coordinator. Uh you know if it is Nunzio he hires Anthony as as the defensive coordinator, you hire a, a seriously experienced offensive coordinator. Um, I just think that you know uh You have to be able to take advantage of that first year, year and a half on the recruiting trail. And like you said before, we know that, listen, the way the way the roster is looking for next year, I mean, it could be really ugly. And I think that, you know, while I think that the Campanillos would be really good long term on the recruiting trail locally, you know, they, how how much of an advantage could they be with the transfer portal right off the front? I don't know. So, if next year is even a step back from this team, you know, that momentum that they're going to initially have in the recruiting trail, it's going to be harder to sustain two or three years from now if they continue to lose. So, I, I, I am a little um, hesitant to, to go all in on it. I think it's a good idea, I think it's a, certainly an option to consider. Um, But, you know, I I would go back to Butch Jones, to be honest with you. I think that, that, listen, I I know that not everybody loves him. He certainly isn't as warm and fuzzy. uh, Not that Shiana's personality is warm and fuzzy, but he wouldn't uh, make the fan base warm and fuzzy bringing him but listen, this guy's won everywhere he's been. Uh, you know, he won in the MAC. He won. He won in the Big East. He, he won in the SEC. I understand that he had that six-game losing streak and was fired at Tennessee. But he also had multiple eight and nine-win seasons. He also probably, or I shouldn't say probably, very likely, uh, very possibly, could get Jared Garantano, the uh, quarterback of Tennessee, that he recruited. Um, obviously, his father's a, a former player at Rutgers. You know, that's an impact guy that he could bring right off the bat for next season. Um, he's an offensive mind. Uh, you know, I, he's he's right now an analyst with Alabama. I mean, I think there's a lot of benefits to Butch Jones that, you know, uh, people aren't really taking seriously. Um, you know, aside from that, you know, one name that hasn't really been floated uh, as a serious candidate, but someone that I'm really high on is Jeff Hafley the co-defensive code de- coordinator at Ohio State. For, he was the director of recruiting at Rutgers under Shiano, former assistant. You know, he was able to, he he was, a, um, he had major success as a recruiter there. He's had major success as a recruiter his whole career. He did really well at Pitt. Um, you know, he's really risen through the ranks. Um, you know, honestly, I, I think he has such a bright future. I don't even know if he would be interested in the Rutgers job, but I think he's someone that, you know, Rutgers just seriously consider. Um, and again, I think what's interesting about all the slams is that, you know, it was very clear in the beginning they wanted someone with head coaching experience. Now all of a sudden we're hearing, you know, this, uh, we're hearing Jed Fish, you know, uh, an assistant with the Los Angeles Rams. You know, you're hearing about Anthony Campanile and, you know, all of a sudden this church has really done a 180 and obviously isn't going the way that Hobbs intended it to. And I think that's a red flag right there. But, yes, I I think a combination of the Campanile brothers with Graham Brown would certainly be intriguing. I think in this stage, you know, it's it's certainly something to strongly consider. Um, I do think Butch Jones and and Halfley are two guys that really need to be considered as well. And, you know, listen, I think it's fair to question what what is uh, the search firm brought to the table here? You know, I, I hope at least that they bring a serious name that, you know, uh, we're not thinking of. um, Because if they don't, (laughs) I think people are going to get on Hobbs even more so. Uh, If he, You know, what I fear, and I hate to say the word fear, because I do think that, first of all, Anunzio has done an amazing job. I think uh, the situation he's been put in, the fact that this team continues to play hard, the effort they gave against Ohio State, um, it's extremely commendable, and I think that he's a class act, and would certainly be an asset to keep. But if Hobbs on Sunday morning after the Penn State game and after Rutgers is over, it would not shock me if all of a sudden he names Nunzio head coach. And I think that that would raise even more questions in terms of the whole search process. Um, And it it wouldn't be a personal thing against Nunzio of whether he could actually succeed at Rutgers ultimately. But I think that it would raise some serious questions about, wait, what what was this search really all about?
1: Yeah. And Aaron, it's, it's, it's been a wild search to say the least. And, Unfortunately, the guy we both wanted obviously did not come to fruition. It does not seem like Greg Shana will be the next head football coach. Rutgers, look, two months uh, since the head coaching search has started, they're still looking for a new leader. And now here we are with Thanksgiving around the corner and Rutgers is back to square one in this head coaching search that has, you know, really turned the whole fan base upside down. A lot of people are upset. A lot are disappointed. And frankly, Aaron, a lot are wondering what's going to happen next here in the next coming weeks and, of course, next season in Piscataway.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you have to give it to Rokers. I mean, they sure know high drama, and, uh, you know, it's never dull. Um, unfortunately, it's, it hasn't been dull in a negative way. Um, definitely makes, you know, what we do with the site not nearly as fun and, uh, you know, much more of, uh, of, of a little bit of, of work, per se. But, um, you know, I think it's, uh, yeah, I th- I, but I think in the combination with the coaching search, you know Pat Hobbs now, in terms of how he's looked at and viewed, and what his future's like. The the you know knowing that a new president's come in, going to come in eventually. Um, it's a very tenuous and and um, uh, important time at Rutgers, and we really don't know what's going to happen. I think the next you know six months is really going to shape the future, um, and obviously we hope for the better. Um, But as Rutgers fans, as we all know, and, you know, I I like to insert the long-suffering or even now short-suffering. I think anyone who's a Rutgers
1: fan (laughs) is
0: suffering in front of of that term. Um, But I think we're all a bit worried and skeptical, and rightly so, that, you know, things are going to get potentially worse before they get better. And uh, hopefully, Hobbs can come through with the right hire, Um, but um, it's also... Very fair to be very worried and concerned that he
1: will. And of course, you know before we before we wrap up, obviously, whoever ends up being the hire, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of Rutgers fans may disagree with me, but it would make it a lot more difficult for whoever that hire is to come in with 90% of the fan base against them. So for all of those who are listening, uh, whether you wanted Greg Schiano or not, obviously, you know you can hear from my voice. I'm sure Aaron agrees. We wanted Greg Schiano. Don't get us wrong but it would make it so much harder for the next coach coming in if they didn't have support of the fan base. So whoever comes in, we obviously all wish them success. We want to see them succeed. We all want to be wrong. I know you might not want to admit it, but I would love it if – I ended up four years from now, we look back at this podcast and we were dead wrong. And Pat Hobbs got the hire, you know, perfect. And Rutgers is competing for the big 10 title. They're competing for Rose Bowls. It would be great. But in order for that to happen, the fan base needs to be supportive of whoever the coach is. And they need to back that coach because whether we like it or not, they are going to be the next leader of this Rutgers football program. And they're going to determine our happiness as Rutgers football fans for the next, at least four or five years. So whoever it is, Anthony Campanile, uh, Jeff Halfley, Butch Jones, Al Golden, throw out any name, whoever it is, they need to have our support in order to succeed and in order to get to where we want to see Rutgers eventually get to.
0: Totally agree. And I think the fact that whoever does take the job, they want to be here at Rutgers. And I think that's important to remember um, and something to, to not take lightly. And the last thing I want to say is just, you know, this is Tuesday morning. Uh, this is coming out. And, uh, you know, there's a basketball basketball game at the rack. Uh, and, you know, there's already been talk on social media that people are going to show up and try to, you know, voice their displeasure of Hobbs and, you know, with signs and protests and all this stuff. And, and I do want to say that, listen, basketball is basketball, leave football out of it, uh, support the players, support the team, support Coach Michael, and at the end of the day, leave the football stuff out of basketball and you know voice your displeasure, displeasure the way you want to if you don't want to donate if you want to cancel your season tickets if you want to post on social media do whatever you want in that regard but in terms of anything to disrupt uh any other team or or sporting event at Rutgers, i think is irresponsible and it's not sending the right message and i really hope that like you said uh you know everyone should i've always said as fans you should voice your displeasure i think as fans we have that power to impact things and I think as you know players like Ryan Hart are, are trying to rally and and get you on, you know back on the table and and I don't think that that's going to happen but but I honestly as a Rutgers alumni and someone that cares about the program like we all do I think that that's you know encouraging we, we we do have spirit and I think that the Rutgers fan base you know has has gone through a lot over the years but I think that we're it's a very strong fan base at that so I think that you know different opinions a, 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 are important but but I think doing it the
1: right way and expressing it the right way is, is just as important. Aaron, I couldn't agree more. As always, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a long two months, and it's going to continue to go on. <laughs> and whoever ends up being the Rutgers head coach at this point, you know what we thought was inevitable clearly wasn't. And as I said before, whoever it is, we'll support whoever it is. And of course, we wish them the best of luck. Of course, thank you so much for coming on. Always appreciate having you on to talk some Rutgers athletics.
0: Uh, it's great talking to you again, Lance. I, um, I'm, I'm happy that we we're talking and it's going to get actually posted But uh, <laughs> about, the, about the content itself. But, um, yeah, when will the search end? We don't know. But uh, always uh, uh, happy to join. And uh, thank you to everyone who listens to us uh, and listens to you uh, uh, every episode. And uh, keep up the great work. And uh, everybody hang in there. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore Nation. And subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.